Underdog Fantasy is the easiest place to play fantasy football. Draft your team with no in-season management. Get the optimal score each week of the season and have a shot at over $10 million in total prize money in their Best Ball Mania 3 contest. Head on over to underdogfantasy.com or the App Store, sign up with promo code FSE, and Underdog is going to match your first deposit up to $100. Again, Underdog Fantasy. Sign up with promo code FSE and draft your Best Ball Mania 3 team today. What's happening, y'all? Welcome inside the Fantasy Stock Exchange. Bush coming at you solo today to bring you who is the next league-winning tight end in 2022. So I actually have COVID right now. I'm kind of powering through to get this one out to you guys. But basically what we want to know in this video is who is the next Mark Andrews on the high end and who can be the next you know, Dalton Schultz, Dawson Knox type on the lower end. The tight end position, often overlooked in fantasy football. For example, I know this video won't get as many views you know, as the running backs or the wide receivers, but just like any other position, there's guys at the tight end position that can propel you to the playoffs, ultimately to championships as well. So in this video, we're going to break down the entire top 24 tight ends in underdog ADP to determine who has the ceiling, who doesn't, who's too risky, who's safe, etc. And with training camp opening, make sure you guys are following us over on TikTok. I had a new segment uh, that I've been doing you know, every day for the past couple of days. Uh, the one that I did yesterday uh, actually popped off for like 110,000 views. So I really appreciate the support there. If you guys aren't following us over on TikTok, make sure that you are because I'll be covering, you know, everything from, you know, Roto World blurbs and news and, you know, usage type of stuff that you won't get over here on YouTube. So TikTok is where to find that TikTok.com forward slash fantasy stock exchange. Drop a like on this video if you enjoy. Comment any of your thoughts down below as well. Who do you think is the next league winning tight end and subscribe to the channel if you enjoy. So that being said, let's hit the intro. Okay, so at the tight end position, my definition of a league winner is really one of two things. And this is the only position that I think has two definitions of a league winner because a tight end that's drafted early that produces an elite win rate similar to what we saw from Mark Andrews would definitely be considered a league winner in my book. And that's kind of how I've been um, identifying league winners at the other positions. But I also think at tight end specifically, any tight end that turns into like a set it and forget it every week starter that you got really, really late in the draft also probably qualifies as a league winner because this is a scarce position. And if you can find stable production, it usually really helps you uh, try and get to a fantasy championship because you don't need an elite scorer at this position. If your roster is really solid at running back wide receiver and quarterback, you can have a Dalton Schultz, Dawson Knox, Kyle Pitts or something from last year and still win a championship. I myself won the championship with Kyle Pitts because the rest of my roster was quite good. So while Travis Kelsey, Mark Andrews, Kyle Pitts, George Kittle and Darren Waller, the top five elite tight ends this year are likely to provide that positional advantage. Their raw point production is not nearly as high as some of the running backs and wide receivers being drafted around them. So the reason that you draft those guys is so that you have a set it and forget it elite tight end, but you can also piece together that production if you're good at it. And for me personally, the reason I, I generally pass on the elite tight ends is because the goal of fantasy football is to score more points than your opponent. It's not to have the best, you know, tight end position slot. It's to have the most points at the end of the week. So the reason I don't draft those elite tight ends is because why would I draft a guy with, you know, 16 to 18 point per game upside 
in those elite tight ends when I can draft Javante Williams, Saquon Barkley, A.J. Brown, Mike Evans, who I think have 20-plus point-per-game upside. And the goal at the end of the day is to score the most points. So that's my attitude on early-round tight ends. They need to fall to a certain point where wide receivers and running backs aren't as plentiful. And usually that point for me is like round four to round six. And every year, a few of them fall to that area. So usually I'm targeting whatever guy, you know, kind of goes the latest of those dudes. So this year, based on my mock draft kind of experience and the guys that I've drafted on underdog a ton, the guys that fall typically are Kittle, Waller and Schultz. So I've been getting plenty of those guys in underdog drafts and not a ton of you know, Travis Kelsey, Mark Andrews, and Kyle Pitts. So the way I handle this position is simple. If I don't get one of those elite guys to fall, I try and spot breakout candidates and solid production late in the draft. And in the rest of this video, I'm going to outline some of my biggest late round targets that I've been going after in underdog drafts and what I will be going after once I get to my home league. So let's get into the tight ends that we're using for this sample. If you guys haven't seen the other videos, wide receiver, running back, and quarterback, I'm going to try and speed through this one for the tight ends because I've already kind of broken it down in all the other videos, but we're we're going to take the averages of past league winners at the position from 2013 to 2021. And the threshold that we're using for the tight end position is 14 plus PPR points per game. Now it was 20 plus PPR points per game on the other positions playing 12 or more games overall. But why I have that listed as 14 for tight ends is because tight ends just don't score as many points as the other positions. And on average, a top uh, three season in points per game at the tight end position was about 14 PPR points per game. So these guys were truly, you know, set it and forget it dudes, positional advantage the years that they had these uh, seasons. So you guys can see them. There's 28 of them on the screen since 2013. This past year, we had Mark Andrews, uh, Travis Kelsey, George Kittle as uh, the qualifying tight ends there. Uh, in 2020, there was only two of them, Travis Kelsey and Darren Waller. You guys can see uh, going back to 2013, Jordan Cameron, Vernon Davis, Julius Thomas type of seasons. As always, anything that they ranked in green in means that they were above average, yellow, about average, and red, below average among the sample of elite tight ends. And these were the averages that it actually spit out. Eight targets per game. Uh, or 128 targets overall on the season, five and a half receptions per game, about 90 receptions, 0.59 touchdowns are about nine and a half on the season. So these were the averages and the uh, paced averages to 16 games, but volume isn't everything, right? We know that from the other positions and not all volume is equal. For example, George Kittle, Tyler Eifert and Julius Thomas in this sample were able to have elite seasons despite not being huge, huge volume type of dudes. So here are the situational factors that also matter for this position. And you guys can see, I broke down a number of these for the other positions for the tight end position uh, more than any other. You don't need to be perfect because you're only achieving 14 plus PPR points per game. You're not going for, you know, a 20 plus point per game season. You can miss out on some of these areas and still be quite good, really talented options at the position, just as NFL players, guys in great offenses, etc. cetera, which usually all it took to have one of these elite seasons. So you may only need one or two things going your way to propel you to an every week starter at this position and eventually a league winner. So what I did was I tested how good these tight ends offense were, uh, how good their quarterbacks were in quarterback rating, how much they passed the ball relative to the rest of the league. And the most important four factors are the ones that are on the left, the bottom four. And the reason I think that they're the most important is because they're the easiest way that we can identify future breakout candidates. And uh, for example, you guys can see on the screen right now, I have 28 tight ends, 14 plus PPR points per game as I was doing this study. Only Tyler Eifert in 2015 and Julius Thomas in 2013, who scored a bunch of touchdowns. We're not first or second on their team in targets per game. So typically 
to be one of these elite tight end options, you have to be heavily involved in your team's passing game, which is difficult at the tight end position. I think as a fantasy community, we like to overrate how much tight ends will be involved in the offense because there's probably only three or four to five guys every year that lead their team in targets or second in their team in targets at this position. So being able to identify which of those guys could potentially be that this year is, is one of the keys to being able to uh, you know, crack the tight end code. And only Travis Kelsey in 2019 was not first or second on his team in total touchdowns. So basically we just need tight ends that are going to be heavily involved in their team's passing game and their team's red zone as well, because this is an extremely easy way to identify which tight ends might make good investments. I'm not huge on target competition being a huge deterrent for wide receivers, but I only think that for the great wide receivers, the reality of target competition is that there isn't a ton of difference makers at the tight end position. So when less talented position players have less target competition, they're more likely to be involved in their offense. And on top of that, they're not running as many routes as wide receivers. So it does, matter a little bit more for them if they have less guys to compete with for targets so I'll dig into this more on the player section but some of the guys that fit this description outside the top five elite guys are listed here you guys can see Dalton Schultz TJ Hawkinson Dawson Knox Pat Fryermuth, Cole Komet Hunter Henry and David Njoku all these guys kind of have the chance to be either the number one or number two target in their offense and then number one or the number two target uh, touchdown score in their offense outside of the elite five I also wanted to test how often these tight ends played in line because I think an underrated part of the tight end position is being out there running routes to see if there was an advantage for tight ends that were you know used in the slot more used out wide more versus guys that were used in line because typically if you're used in line you're more likely to stay in and block and 20 of the 28 tight ends that were in the sample were under 50 percent of the time in line blocking they were usually out running routes for the most part and lastly ranking yards per route run the final metric i tested obviously quite important because it determines a tight end's talent and knowing that the tight end position isn't running as many routes as the wide receiver position most often you need to be efficient on your targets and yards per route run is a big time indicator of that and you guys can see what the averages ended up being you needed to be on average in about a top 10 offense with a top eight quarterback you needed to be about the top one or two target on your team top one or two target in terms of touchdowns on your team in line about four percent of the time and a top five tight end in yards per route run so let's get into this group of tight ends the guys that we're looking at this year i'm looking only at the top 24 and adp because very few other guys matter and even once we get to like tight end 17 it starts to fall off a cliff so typically those league winning ceilings that we're looking for will come from one of three paths number one we might get a premier target potential type of tight end like darren waller in years past or zach Ertz in re recent years Premier touchdown potential is, is the most common, I would say, for the tight end position because we've seen guys like Jimmy Graham, Rob Gronkowski, Tyler Eifert, and Julius Thomas put up great seasons because they scored a lot of touchdowns. And even guys you know like Eric Ebron uh, a couple of years ago put up seasons like that. And then there's also guys that could have a combination of the two, which obviously presents the highest ceiling. If you're a high target guy and you have a chance to score a lot of touchdowns, that definitely makes you a you know 18 plus PPR point per game type of score like we saw from Mark Andrews last year, like we saw from Travis Kelsey in 2020. So we're going to go eight by eight to determine who has this type of upside 14 plus PPR points per game in their range of outcomes based on the averages that we determined in the first part of this exercise. And I'm going to speed through the first two because they're clearly locks. Um, Travis Kelsey and Mark Andrews have this type of ceiling. They've both shown it. We can move on to the next guys. Uh, but Kyle Pitts is more of a projection. He's the tight end three right now in ADP, but he's a great talent, obviously. We know he was a great talent coming out of school. We saw flashes of it his rookie season. He should get a ton of volume in his offense, and he's used basically as a flex wide receiver. So all that stuff is very important to his overall tight end finish that he could achieve. But the issue with Kyle Pitts is that he only scored one touchdown last year, and his quarterback play, I would argue, got even worse than what Matt Ryan did last year so for me there's too much risk with Kyle Pitts to be drafting him inside the top like 40 overall picks where he currently goes especially when I can get 
Darren Waller, you know, 20 picks later, I can get George Kittle 15, 20 picks later. And with Darren Waller, uh, who's the next tight end here, I'm really starting to rise on him after this exercise because he checks so many boxes. I could argue that I was even a little too conservative with him because Derek Hark and the Raiders could be an ultra explosive offense. They could have been, you know, a top five type of offense this year if things break right for him. And Darren Waller probably has the highest touchdown ceiling of his entire career now because Devontae Adams is going to draw a lot of attention in the red zone. And knowing that Darren Waller has potentially an increase in the red zone targets coming his way. He would be my pick to be the, you know, this year's Mark Andrews, the elite win rate tight end that you still had to draft high because uh, you can currently, you currently have to draft him in like rounds four to six, but depending on the room you're in, he might fall a little bit. I think more casual fans will hold his injury history against him from last year. And the addition of Devontae Adams, a lot of people will, you know, do the too many mouths to feed thing that'll slide him down in ADP. But make no mistake, he's still Derek Carr's go to dude. I know Devontae Adams is going to be a stud this year, but I think Darren Waller has plenty of room to be great and could have an outlier type of touchdown season as well. George Kittle, I also really like, but unfortunately for George Kittle, he doesn't have ideal conditions around him. He's a first year starting quarterback in Trey Lance, who's likely to make this a more run heavy offense, even than it's already been uh, one of the most run heavy offenses in the league. And it's more target competition than he's been used to seeing, especially since his 2018 breakout season, where it was just him really uh, to command targets on that team. Now we have Debo, who's a certified stud. We have Brandon Ayuk, and that's more than really he's ever had at the position. And I still like George Kittle because he falls, you know, typically to round four, round five. And he's also elite. I think he's the best tight end in the NFL. But from an efficiency standpoint, he's really going to have to carry his outlook. Dalton Schultz is where rubber meets the road. He is the first tight end that I would consider not elite. Um, Dalton Schultz performed unbelievable in this exercise, though, as well, because in the only real question you can say about Dalton Schultz is that is he a elite difference making talent? And probably not. But I don't think I don't really even personally think that matters because this is such a pass heavy offense with a great quarterback who I think you know might have his best season yet. Clear number two receiver on this offense behind CeeDee Lamb, especially with Michael Gallup about to be out for the you know first few uh, games of the season, he could even lead his team in touchdowns. So he'd be my pick this year for you know the tight end that comes from the mid rounds that ascends to a top three overall finish. Maybe not a, quite a Mark Andrews level ceiling, like I said, for Darren Waller, but I think he could have you know this 14 plus points per game type of ceiling that um, you know we would have seen on the thumbnail. Dalton Schultz is the guy that is blurred out on there. So uh, TJ Hawkinson, uh, tight end seven right now in ADP. He's solid from a volume perspective, but the offense likely won't be that great and the touchdowns won't be super high uh, ceiling as well because working in Hawks favor is obviously that he's going to be probably the number two in that offense behind Amon Ross St. Brown we don't expect Jamison Williams to be on the field right away and that makes me think of him a little bit more favorably but it's Jared Goff it's the Detroit Lions they're going to run the ball quite a bit as well so um uh, interesting outlook for TJ Hawkinson I think he's a little overrated in ADP right now but I don't think he's a bad pick necessarily so let's move on to the final tight end of this tier which is Dallas Goddard Dallas Goddard, I would just rather straight up have than than TJ Hawkinson, a guy who's been ultra efficient and great at commanding targets when he's been on the field. I think there's a range of outcomes where he leads this team in touchdowns uh, for an improving second year starting quarterback in Jalen Hurts, maybe even a top 10 offense in the Philadelphia Eagles. So I really like Dallas Goddard as well. The tight end nine and ADP is Dawson Knox. He has very few unknowns about him because we know that he's in a great offense with a great quarterback in an elite pass heavy offense as well. And a quarterback who just happens to be his best friend off the field. I really don't think people are baking in the fact that Dawson Knox was essentially a first year full-time starter this year, because in the previous two seasons of his career, he was running like 50% of the routes this year. He jumps up to 75% scores, nine touchdowns and is, you know, quite good from a fantasy perspective from what most people expected. He's also a freak athlete. And I'm kind of surprised that more people aren't in on Dawson Knox because 
tight ends typically take three to four years before they develop in the NFL, and they don't usually produce uh, produce much in college either. And that was the case with Dawson Knox. He was just a great athlete that went to a great situation. So give me the potential for the leading touchdown score for Josh Allen in the you know eighth, ninth round where you have to draft Dawson Knox. I would much rather take the shot on him than I would on you know a Kyle Pitts ascending into the next level because the price difference is just huge at that point in time. Dawson Knox, maybe not you know, an elite talent at the position, but he's in such an elite situation that all he really has to do is catch a bunch of touchdowns and, and see an uptick in targets to be great this year. And if you couldn't already tell, the reason I'm most uh, mostly out on some of these top dudes is because I really do like the outlook of most of the tight ends, four to 12 type of range, more so than really any other year that I can imagine. And uh, Zach Ertz is another guy that I think has a great outlook this year. Tight end 10, solid option as well. Should get off to a great start as the number two, most likely, until DeAndre Hopkins is back on the field in week six. Um, Cardinals start notoriously fast as well. The last two years, they've been like the best offense in the league for the first 10 games. So if they're, you know, firing away, Zach Ertz could be like a top five tight end to start the season and maybe you can flip him into a Kyle Pitts or into a Darren Waller into a George Kittle midseason while those guys struggle to get their legs under them if Zach Ertz is off to a great start I think he could be a 120 target tight end for a quarterback as good as Kyler Murray so he's another guy that I really love late round Irv Smith is just a huge question mark because he's you know he's a talented player and he's in a good offense but that's pretty much all we know about him we don't know how he's going to be used we don't know what kind of tar- uh, target potential he has and we assume that Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen maybe even KJ Osborne are going to out target him so he's probably not worth the risk at his price right now. I would much rather take Pat Fryermuth, who goes right behind him. He's one of my favorite late round guys this year. I've talked about him already, but unfortunately his quarterback play won't be great, but that's really the only thing that I, I don't think is going his way because what he did as a rookie gives me a lot of confidence that he can be the number two wide receiver or the number two target in this offense behind Deontay Johnson and, and probably a safety blanket for those guys. So I really, really love Pat Fryermuth this year at his price. Cole Komet, I definitely like him, but I just don't think he has a huge ceiling uh, because Justin Fields, I just don't think is on shaky grounds to or because Justin Fields is, is on shaky grounds to take some massive step this year. Uh, if he had like a well set up situation around him, better offensive line play and all that kind of stuff, I could talk myself into Cole Komet being much better this year. But uh, I think if he gets there, it'll be just on volume. He'll be like 120 target tight end, similar to like Zach Ertz of old, but probably not a lot of touchdowns. Mike Gesicki, I'm likely out on. He's shown an ability to command targets in the past, but as I've kind of said for all of the Miami pieces, wide receivers and running backs, we just don't know how good Tua is going to be. We don't know how good the quarterback play is going to be or how good the offense is going to be. And we know that Mike Gesicki has two studs in front of him on the depth chart in Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle, both most importantly, two studs that play in the slot too. So they might kick Mike Gesicki out to more of like an inline role with uh, Mike McDaniel coming in. He might deploy him more the way George Kittle is deployed, which is not, it sounds like a good thing, but it's not because George Kittle is in the block a lot more than Mike Kosicki has been in recent years. So that would actually be a negative for him because if they start using those wide receivers more in the slot, then that takes Kosicki out of the slot. So the next guy here, Hunter Henry, another one of my favorites, late round tight ends, proven touchdown upside. We've seen him score a lot of touchdowns in recent years, including last year when he scored a couple touchdowns too. He was the clear tight end one for Mac Jones. He was running the most routes, playing the most snaps. And the upside comes where Mac Jones takes a step forward because I think a lot of people are baking in the upside of like Elijah Moore and Darnell Mooney and Christian Kirk and the guys with the other second year quarterbacks taking a step forward, but they're not really doing it with the Patriots, even though Mac Jones could take a huge step as a passer. He was clearly the best rookie quarterback last year. Who's to say he doesn't 
enter the realm of like a Kirk Cousins, Derek Carr level of quarterback as soon as his second uh, season. And Henry is one of those few late round guys that could potentially lead his team in targets and at least in touchdowns at the very least. So um, I really, really like Hunter Henry as a guy to be maybe more like this year's Dalton Schultz, this year's Dawson Knox type of guy, but I really, really like him at his current cost. And then the final guy in this tier is Albert O. He's kind of just like Irv Smith, super unknown. We think he's talented, but he has a couple guys ahead of him on the depth chart. He has, you know, Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton and probably even Tim Patrick as well. Um, so I'm probably not going to get too much exposure to Albert O. Um, the final tier of guys, I'm just going to speed through these real quick because there's not an, a ton of interesting names. Tight end 17 through tight end 24. Um, David Njoku and maybe Robert Tunyon, depending on how his injury kind of plays out in training camp. They're guys that are kind of interesting to me. Uh, David Njoku, Albert O, and Irv Smith are basically all cut from the same cloth. They're unknowns, but we think they're talented and they could have some targets in potentially improved offenses depending on whenever Deshaun Watson comes back. So I don't mind the the dart throw at David Njoku late in drafts. Austin Hooper as the tight end 24, the very last guy on this list. I think he's a candidate to potentially emerge as well, just because I still think Tannehill's like a fine quarterback. I think everybody thinks he's a bad quarterback, but he's still, I think, a top 15 quarterback in the league. And Austin Hooper could be his number two wide receiver in that offense. And he's been a league winning tight end in the past in 2019. So maybe he can bounce back as part of a new offense, but it is, you know, a run heavy offense. So I'm not expecting too, too much out of Austin Hooper, but probably a fine dart throw. And then Gerald Everett, Tyler Higby and Hayden Hurst, they all play on great offenses, but uh, a lot of competition for targets with those guys. And I'm just not certain they're that, very, they're that good of tight ends anyway. So probably not going to be in on those dudes. So this is how the tight ends all scored out. As you guys can see on the screen, this kind of illustrates my point. The league winning tight ends are all being drafted very highly. We know that, you know, Travis Kelsey and Mark Andrews and Kyle Pitts and Darren Waller and all these guys have league winning upside and they're being drafted accordingly. Uh, Dalton Schultz gets a lot of shit for going way ahead of Hawkinson and Goddard. I, I've seen a lot of people bring up the fact that they should all be going around the same range, but I think he absolutely deserves to go ahead of those guys in round six to seven, because once the wide receiver and quarterback position starts to dry up in that round six range, I really love the upside that Dalton Schultz presents. Like I said, I think he can be this year's, you know, Mark Andrews, the, the tight end five, tight end six and ADP that ascends to the tight end one, because he has a chance to become the number one touchdown scorer, the number two target for one of the best offenses in the league, an offense that could, you know, take the league by storm this year. So um, the answer to the question in the title of this video is who's the next league winning tight end. For me, it's probably Darren Waller as far as like the high, high end range of outcomes. And he's one of my biggest targets as well. But Dalton Schultz is probably the guy that I think could be like the, this year's Mark Andrews, this year's, you know, top three tight end that, uh, you know, didn't come out of nowhere, but we didn't expect him to have as high of a ceiling as he does. And then of course, Dallas Goddard, Dawson Knox, Zach Ertz, Pat Fryermuth and Hunter Henry are my main targets as well. So if you guys enjoyed this video at any point, again, I'm powering through some COVID-19 right now. So give me a like down below. This also took a lot of work. So really appreciate it. Comment any of your thoughts down below as well. Who do you think is the next league winning tight end? Subscribe to the channel if you are new as well. Take some of this advice into underdog fantasy. Use promo code FSE at sign up and first deposit for 100% back on what you put in. So if you put in 20, you'll have 40 on the site to play with. Sharpen your strategy for your home league drafts at the same time as getting your shot of huge prizes in best ball mania three, $2 million to first place. The puppy three is going to be dropping August 1st and a ton more of other contests coming to underdog fantasy. Make sure you check that out. If you're interested in getting both of our rankings for free as well, that's a free gift as a thank you for using our promo code. Also check out the Patreon again, rankings, all the data will be posted uh, a ton of uh, a lot of other stuff as well, like rankings, other databases, Danny's contextualized game logs, etc. So with that being said, peace out. We'll talk to you soon.